Welcome to the Situation Room. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode episode of the Situation Room. I'm here with my co-host, Gabe Ferguson. Um, you guys can find him on Twitter, at Gabe Fergie. I'm at Ravens Sit Room. Um, we're excited. You know, the Ravens training camp has kicked off. It looks like we've got we've got action on this team. Um, you know, a lot has changed since we last talked about um, the Ravens. And so, you know, we got big news today, Gabe. Um, Justin Houston signing on board. I mean, you know, I, I wasn't I didn't want him at the price tag that everybody was talking about. But, geez, this deal is a steal for the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, obviously, when this came down yesterday morning or I guess it was late yesterday morning, everybody kind of was you know extremely excited i know there was some talk that it could happen over the past few weeks there was some like you know the ravens like houston houston like the ravens but the money they didn't they didn't know if it was going to make it happen but then i you know houston apparently wanted to play for the ravens he wanted to play on a contender he took less money i think the cap hit is just over like two million dollars which is which is incredible i know there's some performance incentives in there as well but to get someone of his caliber for that kind of money at this point in the offseason that's like Eric DaCosta doing masterclass on how to be a GM. Yeah. I mean, he, they held out the patience that lasted in terms of patience and, and, it, and it really worked out. And I think, I think the bigger thing is that it shows, you know, how good players think that the Ravens are going to be this upcoming year. I think that, you know, someone like Justin Houston wanting to really get a shot at a Super Bowl and picking his team accordingly um, this was a really good example of, of being able to come into a team where he's going to have a, a really defined role that fits his skill set, but also have a really good shot to go deep into the playoffs this year. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And, you know, I think looking at other teams around the AFC or even around the NFL in general that could use like a situational pass rusher, which I think Houston will be at this point in his career. I mean, the only other team that really like made was a big fit was potentially Kansas City. You know, which I don't know if he has burned those bridges in the past, and um, that might not be a place where he would want to go back to. But you know, there are a lot of teams that you know could potentially use a guy like Houston. But I feel like the Ravens are you know the perfect fit just because they have some young guys at the position. They have a like they had one veteran in Pernell McPhee, and a lot of question marks. Like the Ravens, really, I think this was the one position where it was like. What are you getting from this position? You don't have very much proven like sacks coming from the position. You don't have very much proven like high quality play. Um, there's, I think, decent depth. You had a first round pick that you think you have potential with. Um, but now there's a lot of those questions that have been answered. I think the Ravens are in a much better position now across across the entire defense. Yeah, and the situational pass rusher ability for him to come in i think it's going to be really big i think the big questions about hayes and oa seem to be are they going to be able to rush the passer as as rookies are they going to be able to you know set the edge are they going to be able to make that kind of fill in those gaps houston takes that one spot and and really allows the ravens to be able to put three or four guys out on the field together in a pass rush situation um, where they can really pin their ears back and get after it i, I love the idea of you know, a McPhee, Matt BK and Houston kind of combination rushing the passer. All three of or both Houston and McPhee can also move inside if they have to. Um, you know, it's just a really like you said, it's a really good fit in terms of uh what Wink is trying to do on defense, I think. And it's you know, the the thing though is you mentioned that there isn't, you know, a lot of teams that need this guy, but at two million dollars on the cap hit and and maybe $4 million total. It's not like, it's not like there was like a 10 million option for next year that's sitting there that they're going to have to pay him out and cut him. 
You know, we're, we're talking about a very, very small overall contract. Um, any team would have taken, you know, Houston at this price. And so it, it's just, it's a perfect fit. Yeah, I completely agree. And getting back to the Ravens a little bit, like you said, he really fits into that kind of like situational, like third and long kind of pass rush situation where, and he was a guy coming off the Ravens edge that he could really count on in that. And maybe Houston isn't like a lock to get after the quarterback as good, as well as he used to when he was, when he was in his heyday, but you know, he definitely adds a presence. I mean, I don't, I don't think you mentioned Calais Campbell, but he's someone who I think is in those situations as well. And if, if you have guys like him and Matabike on the interior, then you can have someone like Houston on the edge. And then you're putting guys like Owe and Bowser more so in either they're, they probably are on the field, but they might not be in terms of Owe, but they can be moved around. They, they can be like kind of like that movable chess piece that we've seen uh, Matt Judon be at times last year where he's kind of standing up, you know, sugaring the A-gap, you know, he's blitzing in different gaps. And I think that could be something that we could see from Owe and Bowser both interchangeably. They also have the ability to drop in coverage. They're both super athletic. So you have like a lot of variability and a lot of flexibility with what you can do with your with your outside linebackers now. It's incredible how adding one veteran in, in this kind of situational piece seems to have taken the depth chart for the Ravens at outside linebacker from concern from a lot of fans. So I think like just being an ideal situation. Um, and so, you know, I, I think it's going to work out really well. And if you look at the roster as a whole, I feel like almost every position um, fits into that bucket. You know, the only one that I'm worried about is offensive tackle. But otherwise, like you said, you want to talk about a masterclass. I, you know, I, I've been I've been really impressed um, with what DaCosta did with the roster this year. Um, and across the board, I think they did a nice balance of veterans like with Watkins, but youth with Bateman. Um, and Wallace, I mean, the, the wide receiver position, they're going to cut or trade a guy from that group. Um, so it's just, it feels, it feels like this team is really set up well, not just for this upcoming season, but the next five. Yeah. You know, I can hardly remember a Ravens off season that had so many quality moves that was less kind of discussed in, in like in the overall like sphere, just being really well done. And I know this Justin Houston piece was kind of the last, you know, you know, move to kind of like put it all together. But there were a lot of kind of unheralded moves that I think were really smart. I mean, it started with, you know, snapping up uh, Kevin Zeitler after he was released by the Giants. So that doesn't affect the compensation pick game. And they waited to sign Villanueva after the draft. So another one that doesn't affect the comp picks. Obviously, they let go to, you know, high caliber outside linebackers who were dra- or who were signed pretty quickly. So they will get comp picks for them. The one guy who does affect that, affect that balance is Sammy Watkins, but they didn't even spend a lot of money on him. I think it was one year, five, $5 million. So I think that was also considered to be kind of a bargain for when the Ravens got him, what he can, can, can contribute to this offense. Um, and then, you know, they pretty much brought back most of the guys on both sides of the ball that they needed to outside of that one, one position outside linebacker, obviously trading for Orlando Brown was kind of, you know, a business decision. Um, you were able to get some draft pick capital, and also, you know, get some value for someone who's probably going to walk away in free agency the next year. So I think that, I mean, obviously that was a really good move in my opinion. Villanueva, I think, can come in and at least as a pass protector, come in and play at the same level, if not better, than what we've seen from Brown. Um, he also has left tackle flexibility if Stanley isn't ready to, to go in week one, which I don't think we've gotten a lot of updates about yet. But, um, you know, we're hoping that he'll be out there. But, you know, there is some flexibility now with, with Villanueva having lots of left tackle experience. Um, and then, you know, just some of these smaller moves like Houston, you know, the re-signed Wolf brought him back. 
um, re-signed Chris Bohr to a one-year deal, brought back LJ Fort after letting him go. Like the depth across the roster is really impressive. You know, they've been loading up on these mid-round picks at offensive line. So you have a lot of guys who are able to compete for maybe one spot, and then you have some quality depth behind them. So just across the board, I'm just really, really pleased with the way this this roster has come together. And I think it's definitely like one of the top five rosters in the NFL right now. Yeah, for sure. And I got a plane flying right overhead. Sorry about that. That's coming through. But um, I totally agree. You know, the only spot that I'm worried about is tackle. Um, If Stanley, even if Stanley is ready, I'm just, I'm worried about tackle. I think everybody should be worried about tackle. Um, We saw what happened last year when they, when they did have to shake it up with Brown and what happened. So, um, you know, they've got some depth there. Tyree Phillips, Makari, both can swing out there if they have to. Um, Neither of those situations I think are ideal. Um, But outside of the tackle position, like you said, it's just, there's depth across the board on on nearly every single position um, for this team where you have a guy that potentially you might not want to see cut um, happening um, on one side of it, or alternatively, you know, you're going to have to trade some of these guys away. I mean, Prochet is, you know, and we can, we can jump into camp a little bit so far. Prochet has been lighting it up in camp. He's a guy, you know, that that's going to be interesting. Ferguson, I think is now uh, your namesake is firmly on the bubble with the addition of Houston. Um, I don't think the Ravens will let him go, but you know, um, and and he has been good setting the edge and done some other things. But we're seeing uh, Rashad Bateman look good. Um, you know, everything that you kind of expected from him out of camp, and so you know, it's a little bummer that we don't have Lamar um, and we haven't been able to see that action. But you know, so far from everything that I've heard and seen from training camp, it's hard not to be excited about where this team is headed. Yeah, I think so far, you know, most of the the things that have come out training camp have been positive. Obviously, the the COVID news isn't great. I mean, not having Lamar out there for the first like week, week and a half is suboptimal. But, um, you know, hopefully he'll um, he'll get back out there and there won't be any issues with him in the actual season. Um, That's that's my hope that, you know, things will be straightened out. Um, Edwards, too, missing camp. But, you know, that's kind of put you know, J.K. Dobbins at the forefront. And I think he's someone who I'm expecting to be a big breakout player this year. Um, You know, he had a really good run down the stretch. I think he had like 10 plus carries in every game in the last like six or seven games. Um, He had a touchdown every one of those games. Um, I think that he's a player who's going to only continue to get better in an expanded role. And, you know, I mean, we were talking about last year when, when Mark Ingram was still like getting a bulk of the carries and, you know, had Dobbins like barely touching the ball. Um, and I think that was kind of an issue with the offense last year because, you know, Ingram was just like, he wasn't the same player that he was the year before. And you had a spark plug like Dobbins, but he wasn't, you know, getting enough touches. And now you, you don't have to come out slow out of the gate like that last year. And I think, you know, Ingram was such a big part of the Ravens rushing attack in 2019. They didn't want to like, just say he's done, you know, we're going to shelve him. They didn't figure that out until like what, two thirds away through the season. So um, I think there's a chance for the Ravens to really hit the ground running. Obviously, you have a full training camp. You have preseason. Um, you, you have time for the offensive line to gel. And, and I think that, you know, the offense is poised to really take a, a step back to where they were two years, two seasons ago and, and kind of um, be more in that, like, top three, top five offense in, in the NFL. Well, the depth on the interior of the offensive line is tremendous, right? With, with the addition of Cleveland, if he is what Ravens fans hope that he's going to become, the depth on the interior is really good. It's likely that 
somebody like Colón Castillo is not going to make this roster um, or at least be on the IR. Um, I've, I've been saying this on Twitter a little bit. I think that the roster prognostications that will happen are going to be less interesting this year with the IR rules being extended from COVID. Anybody that's got a shot to play for some point during the Ravens this year is going to stay on this roster. And I, I see it very, I think it's very unlikely that any player that would just go to a different practice squad will leave this Ravens team, um, especially at positions of depth. So, so I'm not as concerned about that, but, but I do like the depth at the interior of the offensive line. I like the depth at tight end. I, I, I have, it was something I hammered on last year that I thought that they needed more than two tight ends. I think the Ravens need to carry three tight ends. Um, and they need a guy on the practice squad or two to be able to come up and be ready, you know, the blocking schemes, like be able to do all those parts and of how the Ravens make that fit into the offensive too. Um, and I'm, I, you know, I'm optimistic about what we're, you know, Tomlinson's been making some nice growth. I thought he was more than good enough as a third tight end last year. Um, but I'm excited for Oliver. I think that yeah. I, he could be, I'm, I, I'm not going to say he could be Darren Waller because that's, that's a lot, but like he could be a Darren Waller type where under the radar things kind of holding him back in Oliver's case, it was injuries, but he's got the talent um, and the system fit has, is perfect. I mean, he's exactly, he is essentially what, you know, he could be like Hayden Hurst's role in this offense two years ago. And the Ravens badly, badly missed that. Um, and it was obvious through the first six weeks of last season that they missed it um, in terms of what their approach was going to look like. So um, it's hard to, it's hard not to be excited about kind of the depth across the board, you know, of this whole team and, and, and where that's going to take these guys. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, especially when, he, when you're talking about Josh Oliver, I think, you know, he was another one of those kind of underrated pickups that the Ravens made in the off season, um, traded, what it was like a seventh round pick for some, a, a conditional seventh round pick. Um, he, you know, he's someone who, has the athletic profile to be an impact player. You know, he kind of reminds me in terms of just like the athleticism and like um, kind of the way he moves from what I've seen, like a little bit of like Ed Dixon, um, but with better hands. <laughs> um, and I mean, we haven't seen what he can do on the field really, like you said, because of the injuries, but I do think he's, I, you know, I wasn't sure at the beginning of the off season when they picked him up, whether he would make the roster, but it seems now like he's definitely kind of a lock to make it just because um you know, Nick Boyle is a little bit of a question mark still. He had that um, cleanup procedure on his knee recently. So he may or may not be ready to go week one. He could be one of those IR candidates you were talking about, or he could start season on the PUP. Um, in either case, I think that, you know, the Ravens need to have two tight ends in this offense. That's something that you want um, just to have that kind of like positional versatility. And, you know, you mentioned Tomlinson. I think he's, he's, I don't, I mean, I don't know how good, Oliver's blocking is I think Tomlinson probably has an edge there um, but I think Oliver's definitely more of a pass catcher and and in this offense I think you want both of them potentially so you might actually start the season with four with Boyle then going to the short-term IR and then having Tomlinson and Oliver as your tight ends two and three um, so I mean a lot, a lot of things can still be shaken out depending on health and depending on how these players look but um, the good news is there is depth there you know Last year, the, the Ravens had An Andrews be and Boyle, and that was it. And we saw that that kind of hurt them. Um, that, I mean, they were able to recover and kind of change the offense a little bit. But um, I, th I think that, you know, they, they have a better plan in place this year than they, what they had last year. No, for sure. You know, I, I also think the Kansas City game looming in week two will play a role in not seeing guys like Boyle end up on that short-term IR. Um, anybody that's close enough um, to even maybe play, 
in that second week, um, I think that it's likely that, that they're going to be on the active roster to start the year um, just because the Ravens are going to, I mean, that game is, it seems like, it seems like they play Kansas city every year. Cause they do play Kansas city every year. It seems week or, two or well. now that Mahomes. Yeah. Always, it's week always two early <laughs> drives me, drives me nuts. So um, it'd be, it would be nice to see those games be later in the schedule, but I guess that's like a, a, a scheduling quirk of them trying to get those uh, out of conference or out of division games in early. Um, but, you know, the other thing I think we're seeing from training camp is that, you know, the Ravens, obviously you hear more about the passing in training camp than you hear about the running, but we are hearing a lot about the passing. We're hearing a lot about deeper throws and yes, it's not Lamar right now, but it seems like that's what's being pushed in the, um, you know, in the coaches' rooms, in the playbook, in the scheme. The Ravens want to make teams at least think that they're going to make them pay deep, you know, and and try and keep that, you know, force them to to stay back. And so the Ravens are going to have to attack there, I think, early. You know, I think they're going to run the ball a ton uh, against Las Vegas. I don't think there's there, there's no question in my mind about that. But I think after that we'll start to see them open it up a little bit. And I think the training camp may be kind of giving us a little bit of an indication of what that might look like right now. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I mean, the Ravens have the the players on offense now at the wide receiver position where you can, I think, attack deeper. I mean, before you really just had Marquise Brown as, as a one kind of go-to deep threat. You know, Watkins can get deep. I think, um, obviously Bateman can can get deep as we saw from the the clip yesterday where he where he kind of just roasted Marlon Humphrey um that kind of speed out of Bateman I don't I'm not sure if everybody expected that I know he ran in the four fours but I feel like some people thought that was you know that's kind of like a, a not real number but I don't know I think he's someone who can be a really good wide receiver across like all aspects of of the football field he can do the intermediate and short routes, but he can also beat you deep. And I think, you know, having that kind of like versatility in the wide receiver court now is something that the Ravens haven't had for a very long time. Um, they really have put together this offense in a, in a very kind of balanced way. I mean, it took them a couple of years to get there, but I think you will see a little bit more, you know, balanced attack in terms of like some taking some of those deep shots i know we talked about that last offseason and it didn't really work out but you know they didn't have the ability to install the offense like they did this offseason either yeah i i would caution putting i mean the throw and catch to bateman was great um his fluidity looked fantastic on film but anytime you take a cornerback and you put him six yards away from the other guy. You don't allow him to put his hands on him. There's no press. Of course, he's going to run right by him. It like, like he would have run by Jalen Ramsey in the same exact situation. It doesn't, didn't really matter who the corner was, um, you know, in my opinion. So, you know, I, I don't want to go crazy over that specific play, even though it was beautiful. Um, but, you know, hopefully that deep ball and him being able to haul that ball in, and we're hearing the same thing out of Watkins. I think that's the other thing we're, we're hearing a little bit more out of training camp than usual about guys just kind of going up and getting the ball. Like the quarterback team as a whole, or the quarterback room, I guess, if you want to call it needs to have that confidence in wide receiver as we're heading into the year. Um, I think that's going to be, that's, that's the critical thing. And so, I mean, we need Lamar back. We need Edwards back. We need these guys to, we need these guys to be smart and to be at camp and to get, get trained up and, and not miss time during the season. I mean, COVID was a huge concern last year. Obviously, it threw. I mean, we had the we had three really kind of crazy games for the Ravens last year. You know, two related to weather, including the playoff game in Buffalo, and then obviously the COVID game. You know, it, so it's it's like 
these guys have got to get smart about this, you know, because if they don't, that, that could be that, that could be the thing that holds them back. The Rams on the schedule makes this makes our schedule exceptionally tough compared to other AFC teams. I think the Rams are going to be very good this year. Um, and we've got to, you know, that we got to stay healthy. We got to get kind of, and we got to get in sync because it, it was clear at the start of last year that they weren't in sync. And I think that's, that's what I'm going to be looking for most of all, once the uh, actual preseason games get going here. Yeah. When is that I think, first preseason game? You know, I think it's probably in two weeks. I think it's like the second week of August. Um, it starts or maybe because I think the season's starting a little later this year too. So maybe it's the third week of August. I'll have to check the schedule, but I mean, it's we'll coming up shortly. It's in a couple August weeks. 14th. Yeah. August 14th. Um, so that's, um, yeah, I mean, that's going to be interesting to see how things look. Um, I mean, there's only three preseason games this year, right? So I'm not sure how teams are going to really use them. I mean, before the, the first preseason, preseason game was always kind of like the, you get one drive and then you're like all the stars are pulled. Um, with pre three games, maybe that changes. You get a little bit more in the first game. I would imagine the last preseason game is still going to be like nobody plays. Um, so you you're really kind of condensing it down to two games where you're actually seeing like your stars out there a little bit. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm just excited to see, you know, Ravens football again. So that, that can't come quickly enough for me. And they, they get that week off, I think this year too. I think there's a, like the, instead of the last week of the preseason, there's a, a that week, there's just no game. So yeah. we may see more of the starters and because that leaves you the opportunity to get a little healthy if you get banged up a little bit. You're not going to, you know, you just can't avoid the like season long injuries. Those are going to happen if they happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely the case. Um, unless you don't put them out there at all. But I mean, that that's why I think the preseason is still like a thing in question. Like, I think, mean, I don't think players hate it unless they're kind of guys who are looking to get on a roster. Um, but anyway, um, you know, I think we wanted to also, you know, when we're talking about this the off season and, and where things stand, just take a closer look at, um, one side of the football for the Ravens. Um, and we wanted to talk a little bit about the defense today just to see where they stand. I know last year, I think I had very high expectations for the defense. Um, I think for the most part, they came through. We, d- we didn't get quite the like high number of sacks that I thought the Ravens could produce potentially, especially if they brought in some someone like Yanak Ngakwe. But overall, the defense was you know one of the better units in, in the NFL. And I think that they probably can be just as good this year um, and maybe even better. What, what do you think about this side of the ball? Yeah, I, I, I mean, the defense should be really good this year. They were really good last year. Uh, the, I, I mean, it, it, it's almost um, it's almost second nature to talk about the Ravens defense and the quality that it's going to be. I think if you look at points allowed and yards allowed in aggregate over the last three years, the Ravens are first in both. I think I read that somewhere. And and if it's not, it's close. Um, and there's no reason not to expect that this upcoming year. You've got, you've got, you know, at every position meaningfully now, a nice combination of youth and kind of veteran talent that's going to be smart. And you've got upside in almost every single position as well. So, you know, why don't we kind of rifle through each one of these positions and talk a little bit about them? I mean, we could start with cornerback because it's the easy one. I mean, A plus, right? Like, you know, in terms of depth, in terms of the whole nine yards, you've got upside in guys like Tavon Young, who's coming back, Iman Marshall. We don't even know what we've got in him. We saw tremendous growth from Averett. Um, who's this like, uh, what's the Westry? This like, yeah, Chris Westry. corner. Like, you know, that's that's classic Ravens. You know, kind of going back to like more like the McAllister type where you've got the big intimidating type of, of corner. I mean, six four is even bigger than 
I, I don't know how you play corner at six four, but <laughs> um, they've just got that combination, obviously, of upside and youth. And then obviously at the top end, you've got your two of the top. I don't know, probably eight cornerbacks in the entire league, kind of leading the charge for you. This is, you know, this is a group that they, there are kind of there's not a whole lot to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think this is definitely the strength of the Ravens' defense. Um, is their secondary and especially their cornerbacks. They have, you know, two true like shutdown outside corners. You have, you have obviously Humphrey, who can also play very well in the slot. Um, I think he's been one of the better cornerbacks in, in the NFL over the past three years. Um, obviously Piers has been um, a little bit more up and down, but you know, when he's locked in, he can also shut down opponents almost at the same level as, as Humphrey can. Um, he's, they're both playmakers, you know, they get interceptions, um, Humphrey had eight forced fumbles last year, which led the NFL, which is wild for a cornerback. Um, he, he's also very physical in run sport. It's something you love to see. Um, and then, like you said, Tavon Young coming back, it's, you know, it's hard to know what you have in him. I think that's why you mentioned him as kind of like the upside. We've seen what he can be when he's playing at his best. I don't know, like, if his if his body is still at that level where he can still compete at that same level. I like to think so. Um, I mean, players can recover pretty well from injuries, but he's just had so many, it's, it's hard to know what to expect. But one guy you didn't mention is Jimmy Smith, who I thought had a fantastic year last year, even though he battled through some injuries. Um, he came in and pretty much was their third cornerback. He played outside when Humphrey moved into the slot. And I thought he did a great job. You know, he looks like someone who is still playing at a very high level, even though he's in his 30s now. He's been around the league, or he's been around, he's been with the Ravens for 10 years, um, but he's still performing at a very high level. And I don't see any reason why that won't continue to happen outside of, you know, the injury bug. And then like you said, Averitt, um, I thought he really stepped up um, when the Ravens needed him last year. I think he's an up and coming player. I don't know if the Ravens can keep him on the roster long term, but I would love for him to stay if possible. So, I mean, how how that works and shakes itself out in terms of the last, you know, kind of spots left on the roster, is that something that Westry is going to be able to f- fit here? Um, we haven't seen Marshall at all. So, I mean, it seems unlikely that he makes a roster at this point. But, you know, if he's healthy and has a great camp, he could be someone who could be on there as well. So, um, obviously, the strength, um, I think we can also now kind of pivot to the safety position, which I think may not have the elite high-end talent, but they – are still very good players, I think, with with uh, Deshaun Elliott obviously moving into a starting role last year. I thought he had a very good season. Uh, I think he kind of got better as the season progressed. Um, he got a little more confident in what he was doing and understanding you know, his role in the defense. He was the guy who was out back there as the kind of the single high safety most of the time when the Ravens were in those looks. Um, he has speed. He has you know range. Um, and I, I think he could actually be another kind of breakout potential player in this defense um obviously next to chuck clark who is you know one of the one of the better i think strong safeties in the league he is you know he's a field general out there he has everybody lined up he wears the green dot um he's extremely cerebral he knows you know where players should be he knows like what's going on in the field um he's very rarely out of position um he doesn't have necessarily the highlight plays that you know some of the other safeties around the league has, but he's someone who's not going to do something dumb on the field and you can always count on him to be in the right place. So I think, you know, there's some depth there if you want to talk about some of the players behind them and how that might shake out. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was a big fan of Geno Stone when we were heading into last season. I think he's a guy that's, that's really interesting. And I, I thought instinctually, at least what you saw on the field from him, you know, when he was a West, or West Virginia, Iowa, um, I don't know why I thought he went to West Virginia um, was, um, 
really impressive to me. So he's an interesting guy. Nigel Warrior was a guy, again, with kind of upside. He's got that NFL pedigree in terms of his family, but also just a guy that, you know, you see his name popping up, you know, all the time in training camp. And the Ravens have often had some of these training camp warriors that have kind of popped up like that. But, you know, our Darius Washington is also a guy that, you know, at least in college popped in terms of performance, maybe not, not in terms of kind of the measurables. And so, you know, where are those roles going to be, you, you talked about Levine, um, you know, being resigned earlier. So th- they've got kind of, you know, that dime guy is going to be important. And I think at some point Levine is, this might be his last show with the Ravens. You know, I think we're, we're getting close to that point. So the Ravens have got to find a guy to fill into that role. And it'd be really nice for the Ravens to be able to play with three safeties on the field, because I think that Elliot off the edge was a good blitzer. Um, he's got a real instinct for the ball. Um, it feels like he's, he, I agree that he's the kind of guy that has the potential to be a lot better, but, um, you know, the Ravens safety position has been an interesting one in that, you know, Weddle was, was very good, but maybe not great when he was here. And since Ed Reed, you know, I think the Ravens have really missed a, a, a high, high impact safety. Um, and if they can find one of those, you know, if you, if you plug that, if Elliot plays to kind of the maximum of his potential this year. I mean, this defense is going to be incredible. I, you know, I, I think that's where the upside kind of exists here. The The floor is, I think, pretty steady. It's, a, it's also a high floor, and the Ravens don't ask a lot for the safeties to do anything particular to kind of it, – it's not like Minka Fitzpatrick in, in the sense of the way that Pittsburgh kind of builds his defense around him. So the safety position is an interesting one in that it's pretty safe, but the upside could be – really tremendous. That's why the Ravens went after, you know, Earl Thomas. I think that they thought the payoff on, on that, if he was who he was, who he could have been, that would have been incredible. Yeah. I think um, the, the dime thing you're talking about is, is really important because I mean, back two years ago, the Ravens used dime package a lot. Um, and last year they didn't really have a safety that they trusted to be that third safety on, on the field. Um, and they tried bringing in a couple of players, I think Marcus Gilchrist. Um, I feel like there's another guy that they brought in that didn't really do much for them. Um, and they kind of just rotated that position. They didn't really have much depth there after Earl Thomas left. They didn't bring in anybody to sign right away. Um, I think, you know, Jimmy Smith had some time playing at safety, but he also got injured there and they needed him a cornerback. So um, that was definitely kind of a limiting factor for the Ravens secondary last year, even though I think they still played really well. Um, but I think that role is available to somebody to take on some you know potential like big snaps in this coming season you mentioned our Darius Washington who I think could be that guy if you know he lives up to the potential that we saw on his tape in college um, he had a he had a lot of really impactful plays he was very smart like you said undersized but um, you know there's definitely some upside there then and the, another name I don't think you mentioned is Brandon Stevens you know the Ravens third round draft pick who I think was a bit of a surprise when he was taken um, you know, Eric DaCosta came out right after he was drafted and said, we see him being potential future, you know, free safety for the Ravens. Um, now, he didn't play much safety when he was in college at SMU. He played mostly corner, but he did play a little bit of split safety. Um, he was a little bit of in the box as well. Um, so I think that, you know, he's a versatile defensive back. I'm, I'm very curious to see how the Ravens use him. Is he someone who's going to be on the field? You know, he could potentially be that dime kind of defensive back, the sixth defensive back on the field, if he can pick up the playbook, if he can like really fit into this defense. So he's someone that I have some, you know, some interest in watching uh, both in the preseason and training camp and then seeing how much you know time he gets on the field at the beginning of the season. 
Yeah, for sure. The Ravens, the, I really liked the Ravens draft this year. It seems like they built a lot of depth. And, um, you know, I think at the safety and corner position, there are two areas where the Ravens could really see some dividends paid out this upcoming year. So let's talk about linebacker a little bit. I mean, I think inside linebacker, obviously the upside is all there with Patrick Queen to kind of put it all together. Um, you know, he's made it sound like he's put some of that pressure on himself, which I think is both good and necessary. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm hopeful that he can make the jump, but you got LJ Ford. I mean, I'm just, you're just, you know, you got to be pretty happy with what the Ravens locker room looks like, um, you know, from that perspective as well. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's a good position group for the Ravens. I think it, like you said, has upside. It's a lot of it's going to hinge on the play of Patrick Queen. Like he's the guy that the Ravens invested a first round pick in. He came in, he had some nice moments as a rookie, but overall he was, I think, disappointing. Um, in the end, you know, he really struggled against the run at times. Um, he struggled in pass coverage even more so. I think um, the missed tackles were a problem. So you know, there's a lot that he really has to clean up um, in order for him to kind of become that three-down linebacker that I thought we think he has the potential to be. Um, but I do like the depth around him. Um, you know, I thought LJ Fort had a fantastic season last year, still in kind of like a reserve role, but he's someone who I think you can count on more so in coverage. He knows where to be. He's pretty aggressive um, and he's a short tackler, unlike some of the other players that the Ravens had. Um, Malik Harrison, also very good tackler, very good run defender. I think he's going to have a bigger role in the defense this upcoming season. I think, you know, he's potentially someone who's going to be out there as a starter next to next to Queen. Um, and he came off the field a lot last year. He, I think he only averaged maybe like 15 snaps a game. If he's someone who could double that snap count, it wouldn't surprise me because he's someone that I think has the athleticism to stick on the field in some coverage situations. He obviously, you know, has a strength and he's a very good run defender. So it's going to be interesting to see how they mix them up, those three. I think Chris Board is clearly, in my opinion, like a step behind them and what he can bring as a linebacker. You know, the Ravens kind of used him as a proxy dime role last year in these packages where he was mostly on the field in coverage situations. Um, he did do a few nice things in terms of his pass rush, but he, he was even worse than Queen in terms of his tackling. He was a very poor tackler when he was out there. Um, so I'm not sure if he's going to be someone that sees the field a lot. I would rather have, a, I think, a third safety out there than 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 board, I think, in most situations, if we're looking at like a dime package scenario. So I think it's a good solid group, but it really just depends on if, if Queen can take a next step to kind of elevate the defense even further. Yeah, I'm also interested in Rob Ryan as, you know, in addition to this coaching staff to see if, if they can squeeze a little bit more out of the linebacker position there too. Um, the Ravens made some interesting moves at the coach level, and I think that, that Ryan was was one of those, and hopefully he helps kind of queen through this prog progression. Um, but I agree with everything you said there. I think that it's it's a really interesting go group, and I think Malik Harrison is is, I mean, he brings some real thump and some real physicality. And it'd be nice to see if it, him develop a role, whether that's, you know, whether that's some of like Tyus Bowser's role on the outside that, that he was playing last year. I don't know. There, there are snaps available for him, hopefully, if he takes that step forward, too. Um, you know, and we, we already talked a little bit about the outside linebacker group, but I think, you know, Bowser, you know, since I mentioned him, I think is a really interesting guy who is going to move more into Judon's role. And we're going to see. We're really going to find out whether or not he he has those pass rush chops. It seems like he he shows up both on film and on on the stat sheet in that regard in pretty limited snaps up to this yep. point. So um, he's a guy that I'm really interested in seeing whether or not he can take that next step. And and if he and if he does, that would be huge for the Ravens since they've already locked him in. Um, you know, Oa Oa and Hayes were hearing great things about 
both in exactly what you wanted to hear, right? OA's first step is apparently tremendous. Apparently in training camp last week, he defended an option play where he covered both the running back and the quarterback simultaneously. That athleticism cannot be taught. Um, and if he can make that, he can make that show up on film, then, then look out for, for him. And, and with Wink, it's just, it's going to be, it'll be tough for opposing offenses to kind of figure that out. And so McPhee is who he is. You know, we've got Houston. I, I really like this group now. Um, I, I like the group probably more than others did even before the Houston signing as we kind of came into it. Yeah, I, I agree with that sentiment. I, I did think there was some questions about depth. Um, and I think you kind of had three guys that you felt good about and the rest were kind of a little bit of a question mark. Um, and and you, you didn't mention my namesake and favorite, Jalen Ferguson, who um, third round pick two years ago, who sacked daddy, you know, the all-time leader sacks in college. Um, but he never really kind of made it work at the NFL level. Um, I do think he might be the Ravens' best run defender on the edge. Um, we, I mean, we don't know what this will get from Hayes and Oe. I think they have both potential to also be very good run defenders. And to be fair, Bowser actually played pretty well as a run defender last year as well. I think he upped his game there. Um, and, and you know, I shouldn't say McPhee is, is in a bad run. He's a, he's a good edge setter as well. So I think the Ravens do have, you know, capable edge defenders in terms of defending the run. Um, but Ferguson, I think, really, you know, is the player that has the most in terms of what he can gain and what he can lose in this training camp. Like he has, you know, all the kind of like size you would want. He's, I think six, five, like two seventy. Um, he definitely has some like pass rush ability, but he hasn't really been able to get over whatever hump or block that he just hasn't had the opportunity to, to really break out in that role. Um, the snaps that I thought might be there for him this season may not be there now with the signing of Justin Houston. I'm not exactly sure, you know, how he kind of carves out a niche in this roster. He might be a guy who needs to really become like that early down edge setter. And if he can like carve out a role as like that guy who can, you know, set the edge and be a run defender, and then maybe he gets more of an opportunity to defend the pass as well. If he can show some more there, that could be something that we see from him. But in terms of the other players, I think there's a ton of athleticism now that the Ravens have between OA and Bowser. I really want to see how those guys are used in terms of the ability to kind of move around, move forward, move backwards. They can both cover. Um, they can both, you know, obviously blitz or, you know, you know, rush off the edge as well. And I, th I think there's just a lot of versatility in this group. And I'm excited to see what Rick Martindale is going to do with them. I think, you know, you could potentially see packages where you have three, four outside linebackers on the field at once. And that can be potentially devastating to opposing offenses, especially with the, like the secondary depth that the Ravens have behind them. Yeah, I, I think it's a, a really interesting group and it gives there are just so many tools in the toolbox for Wink. Uh, you know, I agree with everything you said, and it's just it's nice to be able to have the depth and and for them to be able to kind of make the push in that regard and, and really get it figured out. So, you know, moving moving up the line, you know, also the defensive line, I think that's probably maybe one area where that we don't have as much depth as you'd like, obviously. You know, talking on on the backside of that, you've got guys like Ellis and Broderick Washington. Um they're interesting in the sense that they can kind of fill a spot, but on the top end, but with Campbell and Wolf and Matt BK, you do have three guys that could be really impact players. And out of training camp, we're hearing that Matt BK is 
has been a guy that is popping, you know, every so often he's in the backfield in, in a way that, that, you know, people didn't expect. So, um, and obviously, you know, I left Brandon or I left Brandon Williams out of that, you know, he's a key cog in kind of how the Ravens kind of operate their run defense. Um, and, and I think the Ravens don't really have another guy that can fill that role. And they added Chris Smith. So we'll see, you know, he's, you know, former Washington Redskin or Washington unnamed. What, what are they? What are Washington they? Their football team. Yeah, still the football team. Um, they're supposed to have a name before the season starts, right? I think it's next season they're going to get. Oh, it's yeah. next season. Yeah. Okay, so they're the football team again. Um, yep. So you know they've got. It's an area where an injury could could really make this team pay, and I think Calais Campbell was not a hundred percent when when once he came back from his injury last year. So and he's getting up there in terms of age. Derek Wolf also getting up there in terms of age. Um, so it, it's a it's another spot where maybe if there's a veteran that wants to come in. And on another cheap deal like Houston, like a like a Geno Atkins, um, you know, do the Ravens think about bringing a guy in there just, you know, or or will they have the need to later in the year because somebody goes down? Yeah, I think I think the upside with this defensive line is quite high if they can stay healthy. Uh, we saw last year, like you said, when the injuries struck, it could be kind of ugly um, in terms of the productivity you can get out of that group. Um, when Campbell went out and they had Williams go out at the same time, um, the, the run defense really suffered. I think Justin Ellis is kind of a decent like backup nose tackle. Um, you know, th- that's kind of a limited position in today's NFL. I, I feel like there's some teams that probably don't even have like a backup nose tackle on their roster. Um, you know, the, the Ravens are probably always going to have a backup nose tackle because, you know, they value run defense so much. Um, but, I do think there is some upside, especially like you said with Matt Bike, who um, really flashed at times as a rookie. Um, I think there's a chance for him to be a guy who I don't I don't know if double digit sacks is is in his potential, um, but I don't think it's it's completely impossible for him to achieve that just be, based off his athletic ability and kind of the way that Martindale uses, you know, the defense. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to see enough snaps to probably get there, but I think that upside for him eventually will be there. Uh, maybe not just maybe not this year, obviously Campbell, if he can stay healthy, he's a massively impactful player for the Ravens. Um, he's just so good both against the run and against the pass. Um, and, and, you know, and guys like Wolf, he's just steady, you know, he's not going to be a massive pass rusher, um, but he's going to be solid and stout against the run. And he can, he can do a few things against the, against the pass as well. So overall, I think it's, it's a solid group. I think the, you know, you have four guys you really like. And after that, it's kind of like, eh, maybe we could bring in somebody else. Um, you know, Roger Washington didn't really play much as a, as a rookie. He, he had a weird off-season incident. So I'm not sure what his status on the roster is going to be moving forward. But um, if, I think that's a position that you could potentially upgrade if, they're, if like you said, like a guy like Geno Atkins is available. Um, but, you know, I'm not sure how much money they want to spend on that as well. My biggest concern is the overall, the age of the position. Um, you only have one guy who's young. Um, well, I guess two guys with Washington, but one guy that you really like in Matabike, who's young, who's kind of a difference maker. And it's really going to be a position where they have to kind of completely reevaluate moving forward. But assuming they all hold up for this season, I think it can be still a very, it can be a strength for the team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the defense has good good bones, and I think that you know, obviously, luck in, in from an injury standpoint plays a big part in any season. I think probably more so than than ever for the Ravens this year, especially a defensive line. Um, but if this group can kind of stay intact and stay collectively healthy, um, 
you know, they're going to be the best defense in the league. I, I mean, if, if Calais Campbell kind of comes back and doesn't really miss any time and is the Calais Campbell that, that we were kind of hoping he would be. And I, I thought he was good last year anyway. I think that, that just that it's just that the upside is tremendous of kind of where this defense can go. So, um, you know, I, I think this whole team, this whole Ravens team has a ton of upside. And I think we can, on the next podcast, we'll try and get into the offense the same way, try and break down these individual groups a little bit, talk a little bit about kind of where we – where we think there are opportunities, where we see some guys on the bubble, um, that kind of stuff as well. So um, I'm looking forward to finally getting some games in here a couple weeks from now. Yeah, and one last thing I'll say about the, the defense, and it kind of comes back to one of the things you mentioned earlier about how good the Ravens have been on defense over the past three years. And that's actually incredibly rare in, in today's NFL. Generally speaking, if you talk to anybody in the analytics community, they'll tell you how how much variability there is in like overall defensive performance year to year in the NFL. Very rarely are teams consistently good on defense year in and year out. And I think the Ravens are really one of the few exceptions to that. Um, you know, maybe the Steelers the past couple of years have been really good, but they had a couple down years then in there too. Um, the, the Ravens really have been that one team that's consistently good on defense. Um, I think that speaks one to, you know, how much the Ravens do value that side of the ball. Obviously like in the past couple of years, they've, in terms of contract dollars, they put a lot more resources towards defense after, you know, kind of they got out tomorrow that Joe Flacco contract. Um, so now it's like very heavily tilted in terms of money spent. And I think that this year is the opportunity where you have young youth still on offense. You have talented, good players on offense that aren't costing a lot. You can put all that money towards defense still, and you have a chance to be, you know, top five units on both sides of the field. We obviously haven't talked about special teams as well, but you have the best kicker in the game. So, like, I think across the board, you know, the Ravens are in, in the position to kind of be one of those teams that's going to, you know, really contend in the NFL this year. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. It'll be nice to have a regular year. It'll be nice to, you know, you and I, Gabe, we're out here in L.A., so we're hopefully going to get out for, for opening night in Las Vegas. Um, it's an exciting year. It's nice to have 17 weeks. It'll be the upside of this team is there. So, um, and it's definitely there for the defense. And hopefully, you know, I think a big, you know, if I had to pick one guy and maybe, maybe we can just wrap up on this. If I had to pick one guy that could take the defense to the next level, um, you know, for me, I'm probably going to take Patrick queen just because there was, there's such a gap in terms of his performance. Um, but if he, it, you know, it's, it's one of those things that if he ascends to the next level, I think this defense is going to be incredible. Yeah. I think Patrick queen is definitely, Oh, there's, sorry, there's a siren in the background. <laughs> um, Wait, run. <laughs> I think Patrick Queen is a is a guy who definitely can take that next kind of step and be that guy who elevates the defense. Um, that's a, I think that's a good opportunity for him, obviously. Um, but in terms of another player, I think really has a chance to kind of break out as someone we mentioned earlier in Sean Elliott, who I think you know really came on the scene last year, stepped into a role that he m- might not have been like quite ready to fill but i think he's someone who can have a lot more impactful plays this year um just in terms of like turnovers in terms of like you know pass breakups you know big hits and you had some of those last year but i think that's definitely a player that i would keep my eye on in terms of like being a real difference maker in this this defense yeah for sure well we'll be we'll be back soon thanks for tuning in everybody we'll we'll cover the offense and uh we're looking forward to a little more getting some pads on and, and actually seeing some hitting at training camp so uh thanks for tuning in Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then 
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.